certain feast days of the year um, help call to mind to us um, yeah, the incredible gift and beauty of what it is we get to do as Christians and what's taken place and what's happened to us. You know, there's feasts that celebrate the, the events of Christ's life, the saving events of God, Christmas, Easter, Holy Week, things like that. You remember events. But this feast day, in some ways, is the feast day that helps us. Uh, we pray that you know, it really opens our eyes and our minds to what happens at every Mass and the immensity of what's going on here. So today we celebrate the Feast of Corpus Christi, or the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Jesus Christ. So the church knows and God knows that we can become complacent. When you do things frequently, it easily becomes routine, and then you just do it because you do it, right? So this feast day is a day to pause and to say, oh wait, something incredible is happening. Like what's happening? It's beyond hope and belief. I mean, it's just insane what's going on. So we pause and we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and our minds in wonder and awe about, about the gift, the incredible gift of what's going on here. The Father, Jesus assures us that the Father is a good Father who knows how to give good gifts, right? He says, if you who are evil know how to good give, gifts, give good gifts, then how much more will your father give good gifts? And he says, what, what, what father among you would ask, when his son asks for an egg, would give him a snake? You know, he'll throw a snake at your kid. Like, no, you'd never do that. And he's like, yeah, and you're a bunch of evil people. So if you're kind of evil and you know what a good gift is, then how much more does your father want to give you the best gifts? Just tremendous gifts. Uh, so today, I think the Father wants to show us that he has given us his most precious gift, the most precious thing he has, which is his son. And not just like he has shown us his son or he's told us about his son or he wants to introduce us to his son, but literally, in this very Mass, God the Father is giving his son to you that he might be yours and totally join himself to you. Jesus is always in communion of mind and heart with the Father. So Jesus, too, is excited that the Father is giving him away as a gift, and he, too, wants to give himself completely to you. Just totally give himself as a gift to you. The God of the universe has fastened his attention and his love upon you. You have attracted his gaze. He's captivated by you. And he's so moved by you and by your goodness and your beauty that his heart leaps and moves towards you in a desire to give himself totally to you. Sometimes we forget that when you come to Mass, it's about you. I mean, it's about God. We come to praise and worship God and, and to love him and to listen to him. But there is a way in which, oh, this Mass is your Mass because what's happening here is, is very specifically for you from the heart of God. You have come to enter into communion with the infinite and living God, to unite yourself to him as he unites himself to you. Again, I, yeah, it's just insane what happens at Mass, and we forget about it, and we get used to it. And even as a priest, sometimes I'm ashamed to say this becomes work. And some weekends you got a bunch of work to do and you just go through the motions and it's sad. 
And not sad because God hates me if I don't pay attention or anything like that, but just sad because I don't realize the gift that's being given. Um, it's clear on a physical level that if you don't eat and drink, you'll die. I think everybody has that clear. Some ways we kind of forget about it because... Frankly, we live in a, a land and a time of abundance where I, I doubt many of you often think, I wonder if I have enough food to survive and not die. Like, that just doesn't happen, right? I mean, thank God. Something that we don't, probably don't recognize. It's like, I might not get the best food every day, but a lot of you too, you could eat steak every meal. You, you, you'd be fine, right? You could afford that. So I think we lose sense of the fact that like, oh, if I don't get enough food, I'll die. Eating is a matter of life and death. Okay, so we know that on a physical level, though, because if you really think about it, you're like, yeah, I know that I have to eat or else I'll die. But you are not just your body. You are also a soul. And you're a human being, which means there is an infinite depth to you. You have this infinite capacity and even an infinite hunger. And so on a spiritual level, on a deeper level, there is a, a way in which if you do not eat and drink, you'll die. But on that deeper level, there's only one food and one drink that you need and only one food and one drink that will satisfy you. And that is, and this is crazy, God himself. You are made for God to receive communion with God. For God himself to come and live in you. You're created for union with him, for life with him. And if you don't receive it, you will die. And not a physical death. No, a far worse death. We're made to, to be in communion with God's life. That's why Jesus says, listen, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give, the food that I will give, is my flesh for the life of the world. You need Jesus' body and blood. You need his flesh, his gift, to live. And like, eh, this is crazy. Like, he, he can't mean that. How can he give him his, his body for our food? And Jesus says, and he prefaces it by saying, Amen, amen, which means I am solemnly declaring this to you as true. Amen, amen. I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Unless you receive Jesus' gift to you of his body and blood, you lack life. You will die. Because again, you're made for him. And nothing short of God himself will satisfy you. Nothing short of God himself will fulfill the glory that you're created for. You're made for God. And to house God's life in you. To be in communion with God. So folks, coming to Mass... It's not just like we have to do it because God says so, blah, blah, blah. It's like this is life or death. We need God. Sometimes we don't know. Uh, yeah, sometimes we get accustomed to kind of walking in the realm of the spiritually dead and we don't realize how dead we are until we start to wake up and we experience God and we're like, gosh, where have I been? I had an experience in my life in college when I'm just, I just felt like I was just coming awake and I was like, gosh, what have I been doing? Like, where have I been? I just felt alive. And I was like, well, I didn't know that I wasn't alive before, but like now I feel like I feel more alive. It's crazy. So we need Jesus. We need his life. And of course, he gives us to that how? He gives us his life how? It's in his body and blood in the Eucharist. So we've come to eat 
the, the very thing that our souls are crying out for, to enter into communion with the living God. So we need him direly and desperately. But also, there is a way in which he deeply needs to give himself to you. Not because he has to, but because he loves you. And his love is so infinite and passionate and overwhelming that he will do anything to enter into communion with you, to give himself to you. The Mass is the way in which Jesus gives himself totally to you. Just recklessly. Again, because you're very good and he wants to be very close to you. He wants his life and your life to just be one life, just to be together. He doesn't want you to have to do anything without him. And again, he sees in your heart and my heart an aching wound and in some ways a hole that can only be filled by him. He sees that even if we don't recognize it deep down, there is a longing and a cry in each of us for infinite life and love and joy and beauty and goodness, which is God himself. We're made for God. We long for God. And he deeply desires to comfort and fill us. And so he gives us himself in his body and blood. As Jesus gives himself to us in the Eucharist, he gives himself totally. That's why we believe in this doctrine called concomitance. Concomitance means if you receive any part of a host or you receive a drop from the chalice, you receive all of Jesus. Jesus is alive. Amen? So we're not eating somehow his dead body. We're not cannibals. You're not receiving a part of Jesus. No, you're receiving his whole life, all of himself. Again, in any part of the Eucharist we receive, we receive all of him. So Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. We just hear these things and we're like, it's Bible, whatever. No, it's living bread. It's bread that's alive. It's himself, a gift that is alive. So Jesus gives all of himself to us. And there's a way in which uh, our receiving of Jesus in communion, again, it's not, I'm just not eating part of his body. I'm receiving his whole gift of himself to me. So there's a way in which receiving communion is in some ways nuptial. What does nuptial mean? It means having to do with a wedding. It's spousal. What happens at a wedding? Two people who love each other very much uh, gaze at one another with deep love and they say, hey, I'm all yours. And then later on, in a different part of marriage that you're not invited to participate in or watch, in every fiber of their bodies, they say, hey, I'm all yours. And they give themselves to one another. Eucharist is a coming together of those two gifts as Jesus gives himself to you to be espoused to you, to be united to you in a bond that lasts forever. We believe that marriage is to prepare us for the union that God desires with us that we experience the foretaste of in the Eucharist. Marriage, the giving of two lives that come together in union and communion, is to prepare your hearts for the union that God desires for you, which is much deeper and real and profound than even your own marriage, which is beautiful and good and incredible. So, God wants to prepare your heart to receive his gift as he gives himself to you. One of the reasons I think that we don't always experience the beauty of the Eucharist is because we don't realize that we're at our own wedding when we come to Mass. And in some ways, sometimes, only one of the parties says the vows. Imagine what it would be like if you came to a wedding and the groom said the vows and then the, wife was, the, the bride was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> he'd be like, oh. Like, it would be shocking. And then, I don't know, as the priest, he'd be like, well, <laughs> I guess we're done. I don't know. 
Like, we, there's, we're going to stop now. And then you would all talk to each other a lot. And they'd be like, do we go eat the pulled pork? Or do we, like, not eat it? I mean, they, they made food. I'm not going to wait. I don't want to waste the food. I was told there'd be booze, right? It'd be, it would probably be a crazy party. No speeches, for better or for worse. No offense. Some of you have terrible speeches at your weddings. No. Um, right, the idea of a wedding where only the bride or the groom said the vows would be shocking, right? You would talk about it the next day. Sadly, many of us come to Mass, and we don't realize, like, oh, I'm supposed to be saying vows. Jesus is giving himself completely to me. He's saying, he's saying, Father Scott, I love you with all of my being, and I give myself totally to you. I promise to be faithful to you in good times and bad, sickness and health. I just want you, and I give myself totally to you. And sometimes I just go through the motions and I move on, which is tragic. Pray for your priest. Because he really desires that you would give himself to him. That's why you're here, whether you realize it or not. You are here to give a gift that only you can give because that gift is you. We don't truly experience the Eucharist as the Eucharist until we make a reciprocal gift back to him. And his love calls forth that gift. He doesn't do it out of, he doesn't drive us to do it. He doesn't try to make us afraid. No, we give ourselves to him because he's so beautiful and he's so good and he loves us so much. Many of you don't, you don't realize that you're a gift and you don't know how good you are and that he could desire you so passionately and so deeply. You just don't know. And that's okay, because he'll show you. That you have this immense capacity to bring relief to the heart of God, because in his heart there is an ache and a cry that can only be satisfied by you, as you give yourself to him. So what is the movement of the Mass? There's a couple movements that are going on here. One, Jesus is always giving himself to the Father. In love and in obedience, he always gives himself to the Father. But at the same time, at the Last Supper and forever after, he is giving himself to you. So we are to be called into this movement. So what happens? We receive Jesus' gift and we give ourselves back to him. During the offertory, one of your jobs is to offer yourself to God, to say, Jesus, I give myself to you. That's why I say, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. I'm not talking about the collection, right? Like, may your collection be acceptable to God, because it's not. You don't give enough. No, I don't. Uh, no, what we're talking about in that sacrifice is your gift to him. Pray that your gift and my gift would be acceptable as we give ourselves to him. So as Jesus gives himself to you, you are called to give yourself to him, to enter into communion with him. And as we give ourselves to Jesus, he gives us with himself to the Father. So in entering into communion with Jesus, we enter into communion with the Father, and of course, therefore, in the love and the joy of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Mass is doing. It's drawing you in. It's crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. We can just barely start to fathom what's going on here. It's infinite love, and you're being drawn into the life of God. Crazy. On just a random Sunday morning, like what we get to do and what's happening. And then there's an important part of Mass, where I purify the vessels, and you watch me purify the vessels, yeah? And then you're like, could he take any more time to do this? Like, why is this taking so long? That's a really important part of Mass. And uh, I'd encourage you to stop watching me purify the vessels. Because what's happening in that time? 
even after I get done, I just sit there for a while. And some of you are like, you have got to be kidding me, right? Like, we're done. But you're not done. No, so as you receive this gift of Jesus, as he gives himself to you, afterwards, this is the moment where you live in deep intimacy and communion with him and you just rest and abide with him. Jesus has come to dwell in you and to be with you. It's a moment of deep, deep intimacy and love. And so you just spend some time with him. That's really important. You can talk to him. You can pray about what's, what's bothering you, what's hard. But this is the closest place. There's no closer place in this life than in the moment after you've received communion. You've received his life into you. So it's a moment of just deep intimacy and communion with God. So that's a really special time, a really important time. In some ways, I'm jealous of you because during communion, I got to do a bunch of work. And the people that help me with communion, we got to do a bunch of work. So we receive communion and we have a moment and then we got to go do stuff. So it's a great gift, even though it might not feel like a gift, that you just have time with him. Just to be with him. And like to rest on his chest like John at the Last Supper. Like it's a great gift. Just to abide. That's why we try not to leave. Every once in a while somebody has to leave after communion. I get that sometimes stuff happens. That's why it's really important like, oh no, something incredible happened. Just stay. Just remain. In this place of deep, deep love and communion. Just to be with him. Because he just wants to be with you. Today is the celebration of the fact that God wants to be with you. And not for a little bit. Forever. To totally give himself to you in a gift that lasts forever and ever and ever. So as you come forward, and the priest or the minister says, the body of Christ, we're declaring that God himself is giving himself totally to you. And in your amen, uh, we really want to mean two things. Amen, yes, I believe that. That this is truly Jesus, his body and his blood, his soul and his divinity, all of him, his humanity and his divinity, in a total gift of me, a gift to me, I want to say amen to that, that I believe that. But also an amen that says like, yeah, and this is me given for you. Like I give myself to you as well in return and in gratitude for this gift. If we truly experience this love and this grace and this communion with him, we're going to have to get a committee together to start building a bigger church. If we truly experience the Eucharist, it will catch fire. It will draw others in. Because Jesus doesn't want to just give himself to the people of Our Lady of Perpetual Hope and the other people that happen to be here on Sunday, but to everyone. He is the life of the world, the life of our souls. But that life and that love spreads only through your heart and through mine, through receiving the infinite gift of his love. I'll give you a moment to pray. If you want, I'd like you to ask Mary to help you. Mary, above all, received her son completely, received God completely into her body, and made a home for him. So Mary can help us. She can teach us how to receive Jesus, to truly receive him into ourselves, to enter into communion with him. So we can say, Mary, teach me. Teach me how to receive your son. Like, give me a share of your own heart to really receive him and to love him, to rejoice in this gift. And please, please, today, in a way that you're comfortable, in a way that you're able, please give yourself to him because he's just dying with love for you. He longs for you more than you can fathom.